Maddie, you know, we've gotten a lot of people to uh, start listening and watching to, watching the show on YouTube and stuff like that over the season. We've grown a lot this year uh, for our first year. It, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been great. Yeah. And now I'm going to actively make everybody mad who uh, just became fans of us and the subscribers and everything else. So buckle up. Um, so Let's fun go. fact that's going to make everyone mad. Um FAU, Florida Atlantic, has more Final Fours than the following teams. Bama, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Vandy, Ole Miss, Mizzou, and then FAU also has the same amount of Final Fours as Auburn, South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Georgia. And hello, people who used to listen to us, and, uh, and goodbye, everybody who's brand new. This is the Hoop Southbound Show. And yeah, that's how we started the show today, um, making everybody mad. FAU, first appearance in the Final Four. Maddie, it is the year of the mid-major, would you say? It is absolutely wild. You know, I had several people asking me at work today, coming back from the weekend. So what do you think? Like, what's on your mind? <laughs> Honestly, I'm just, I just gave up, like, <laughs> after, after about the Sweet 16, because it was all insanity. Yeah, it, it's been an insane year. I had a friend here at law school um, today because you know today's first day back at school from spring break, and um, I was we were talking to each other, and I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Did you do a bracket this year?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I always do a bracket." And he goes, "Yeah, how's yours doing?" I was like, "Mine's destroyed." And he's like, "I'm actually winning my bracket group, but here's the thing: I'm winning with like a score that would normally be completely embarrassing in any other given year. Like if this, the, you know, he's got like a super low score, and he's winning his whole bracket group right now." Um, and that's how I was talking about earlier with my dogs, you know, like being very competitive in the bracket group coming out of the first weekend in the last episode. It, it's absolutely insane. Who would have thought we had a final four with Florida Atlantic, uh, San Diego State, UConn and Miami? Like this is this is absurd. It, it, you know, it, it's just nuts. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one I really semi thought would be there was UConn and everything else I feel is just kind of a like uh, like I said another podcast the the dark horses that made it through yeah it, it's really really weird um like look at the teams that they beat in the way here uh FAU to get here 
uh, had to beat Tennessee, a good basketball team out of Tennessee in the Sweet 16. Uh, San Diego State had to beat Alabama in the Sweet 16. UConn beat Arkansas in the Sweet 16. And then Miami beat Texas, uh, who will be a team we talk about in the future on this show and soon to be future SEC team. No one seed in the Final Four. I don't know when the last time that happened. There was no one seed in the Elite Eight, which this is the first time that's happened ever. Um, Bizarre, bizarre year. Um, but you look at the teams, like I said, like this is the year of the mid-major. Um, there's no SEC. There's no Big 12. There's no Big 10. There's no Pac-12. There's no American uh, Conference. Five out of the seven power conferences don't have a team in, in this year. Like that's it's crazy yeah. to even Absolutely think about normally four, like three out of four, three out of four or four, four out of four will be in there. Um, but yeah, five of the seven conferences have no representation in this and look at the conferences that they are the big east which is a good basketball conference and the acc which finished as one of the worst power conferences out there according to ken palm this season what is going on (laughs) i don't know but i'll I'll tell you what david i love it you know i feel like it gives school you know smaller schools hope like yeah it's you see i feel like the same schools um competing when you get past the elite eight point for the most part, I mean, sometimes you have some outliers in there, but I feel like it gives everybody hope. Like if you're a good ball team and you can put it together and get your X's and O's right and have a decent talent level, you can get there too. Yeah. A hundred percent. And look at what this year has done. Like we've got the COVID year with the fifth year guys playing um, the additional season. So you got a lot more college basketball experience out there. And then you look at who we've also, you've also got the transfer portal. We got guys who didn't get playing time at bigger schools coming down to play for these, you know, mid-major programs in San Diego state and uh, FAU. And it's absolutely crazy. Um, Like let's stay on FAU though, for a second. And I promise everybody, we do have sec basketball talk to get to today. Uh, we'll we'll go through that in a little bit, but let's talk about FAU first uh, with this. Their this is their first Final Four. Um, hence the joke I made at the beginning of the show, uh, talking about them being tied up with all the SEC teams that only have one, and uh, you know the SEC teams who have never made it to a Final Four. Um, but you know this is their first one. They've had a heck of a run, and I just want to tell everybody in the country right now: if you're looking for a coach. Dusty May might be a guy to hire. I, I'm just saying, like, I mean, no, look, David, it kind of sounds familiar. I think you may have mentioned that. Yeah, I kind of mentioned it back in the regular season who Ole Miss should hire as their head coach. Instead, they got, you know, Chris Beard, who's didn't have the best reputation coming into uh, into the uh, end of the season, so to speak. Um, but yeah, no, it, Dusty May, young coach, a lot of talent. Like, I'm telling you. I don't think he's coming to the SEC because, like, you know, everybody's pretty stable with their coaches right now. Uh, Ole Miss definitely pulled the trigger before they actually got a real look at this guy. Um, yeah, congratulations. You know, Dusty May is going to go pull a heck of a job uh, somewhere. And, I mean, it's going to be at a good school. It'll be on a, it'll be on a tier class with, like, I guarantee he'll find a job with someone on a tier class of like Syracuse, Villanova, Georgetown, Arkansas, those teams that have one or two national championships, multiple final four appearances. Um, but outside the blue major blue blood class, like that's, that's where they'll be. He'll probably find a job for a program like that. Um, yeah, sure. one, go and look, you know, like, and I, I think that's going to happen very soon. We'll, Dusty may, Dusty may deserves to get a good job at this point. So it, it's been very impressive. 
Um, a heck of a season by FAU. They beat Florida. They beat multiple SEC teams this year. They beat Florida. They beat Tennessee. Um, you know, good, good basketball team made it all the way here to the final four. Um, you know, we've been talking about them a little bit with the bracketologists throughout the course of having them on the show through January through March. So, I mean, like, it's not a major surprise. We heard Dusty May on the Jim Rome show earlier this season. Rome was basically saying the same thing we were. Someone needs to hire this guy. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. He's out there. Somebody's going to make an awesome hire in the offseason or FAU is going to re-sign him. And I believe FAU is headed to the American Conference. And, you know, a lot of people were talking about at the end of the season that after Houston leaves the American Conference, it probably won't be a power conference anymore because it just has Memphis. Well, now you got FAU who looks legitimate. Uh, yeah. UAB should also be coming into that conference who's a good basketball team. So, I mean, there's good teams coming in over. I don't know if that's next season or the season after where they're coming in like that. But it's interesting if, you know, whatever path Dusty May chooses, there's a lot of good things happening in um, in Boca Raton right now. So, you know, it's definitely definitely interesting. But that's the uh, that's the first Final Four team, uh, San Diego State. Maddie, we've both seen San Diego State play this season. Um, we did. Um, you know, my first thought was our bracketologist that we spoke to, uh, Benji. Benji. He, he, called, he called that San Diego State Alabama upset. We all thought he was a little crazy, but here we are. Yeah, uh, definitely so. Um, yeah, game San Diego State beat Alabama. Uh, I didn't get to watch much of it because I was, you know, traveling back from Las Vegas. But, you know, I, I caught the highlights. Wow. That's all I got to say. Um, you know, I, I have a play and a reset bracket group, and I penciled that in thinking, what remember what Benji had told us. He was like, yeah, I really like San Diego State over Alabama. And I'm like, you know what? San Diego State wins. It's 15 points in my bracket group or 20 points in my bracket group. Like, you know, let me let me pencil that in. And if I lose it, like I missed out on five points or whatever with Bama. Uh, So no big deal. Um, So, yeah, it was, you know, San Diego State was the pick I chose uh, in that bracket. Do what? A, a solid sweet victory for you there oh yeah but like none of my final four teams hit like i think this is the first year i didn't get a single final four team right um, i think a lot of people are in that same boat like yeah. we were talking about it at dinner on sunday night and there was one person in the bracket group that they were talking about that had they had uconn and that was yeah. it well you know it was also you know i went on that other show um the we hate your team podcast which go check out especially when football season comes around really good show um but yeah they invited me on to do the march madness the march madness episode and none of the teams that we picked made it past the sweet 16 none of the teams we made it had we actually lost them one at a time per round um one of the guys picked purdue purdue loses to uh fdu in the first round uh i picked kansas kansas loses in the round of 32 to arkansas um and then you've got out there in existence houston the other guy picked houston gets bumped in the sweet 16, um, which was actually the way I predicted that one. So I actually got that right. Um, you know, when yeah. Houston was this one seed I liked the least. Um, and here they are, the one seed that ties Bama as the one seed who made it furthest, which happened to be to the sweet 16. So yeah, uh, interesting, interesting how this all played out this year. Um, but yeah, San Diego State, one of the teams that were at Maui this season. Uh, we talked about that a little bit last week about these multi-team events, but a team that won their multi-team event in the PK 85 is of course the Yukon Huskies. Um, Maddie, I was in Vegas for that Arkansas game. I have never seen a team play that dominant 
ever. And I mean, it hurt well, even that stadium, but after watching the elite eight basketball game and them obliterating Gonzaga also in the same weekend, Holy cow. We knew this team was good, but they are playing the best basketball I've seen. I've seen all season. Like my word. Yeah. That Gonzaga game made me feel a little bit better about being an Arkansas fan. Um, you know, I, we, I talked to some people about it and they're just big. They're yeah. a huge team that gets a high field goal percentage. And that I honestly think that they're going to dominate the rest of this tournament and take home the championship. I agree with you. I think UConn's going to win this thing. Uh, Sonogo's a massive presence down low. Um, he was the guy I was worried about going into that game. I was like, do not let him get hot. You know, that was the, that was the, we need Jalen Williams basketball game for Arkansas yep. this year. Um, yeah, it, it just, whoo, what a big man. Uh, he can work. He can get the business done. He can also take two extra steps and the refs not catch it. But like, that's here to here and there. Maybe yeah. I got a little bit of salt to watching that game. And I screamed, he's traveling. I don't know how many times they're going to, but he's a physical big man down low. And then their ball movements, fantastic around the perimeter. I understood, like, I under, under, misunderstood how good they were at ball movement until I saw it live. Like I'd watched them play on TV multiple times and I was like, okay, they think they, they get, you know, they have a good assist ratio. You know, they're, they, this is, this is a good team. They find open shots. I, when I watched it live, oh my word, it's like watching Bellerman with a little bit more dribbling. Like they, they have things figured out. Like they rotate the ball to the best shot they can get every single possession. And like when I was watching that Sweet 16 game between them and Arkansas live, it was like every time Arkansas started finding momentum, they settled down, found a good shot, made a mature play, and it was just smart basketball all the way around. Arkansas got beat. Like they didn't lose. They got beat, you know, like there was nothing like fundamental. Like that was one of the best basketball teams I think I've seen. Uh, I don't, people want to say there's not a good team this season. No, they're just severely underrated. Uh, They were severely underseeded. And, you know, they've had a couple of snags throughout the conference play. And I think the Big East might have been a little misunderstood this year because just like the SEC, they got three teams into the big, into the, uh, into the second weekend. And now they got a final four team and I, I don't know who's going to stop them. Like, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, Big East is the basketball conference of, every, you know, they play basketball and they do a great job at it. And UConn's, UConn's got a tradition of being a very good basketball team. Um, so I don't know. That was, that was an incredible performance I saw from them in the sweet 16 and the elite eight. Um, I, yeah, I'm with you. UConn just seems to me to be the uh, national champion that I, I think is coming this way right now. Do you have anything to else to add about the Huskies before we jump to Miami? <laughs> I know I'm talking so, a lot. Today. Sorry. I was about to sneeze and then I lost my train of thought. <laughs> just so much talking. My, you're clearly allergic to just everything that's coming out of my mouth because we just did. We have no SEC basketball to talk about right now. <laughs> I mean, I think it might be, you know, like the trees coming back in bloom and all this crazy Arkansas weather, but sure. We, we can call it that if you want yeah, to make this blame it on my book. <laughs> and yeah. Don't worry, I've got the censor button. Um, but yeah, it's somebody wanted to blame it on my dog. I said absolutely not. No, don't <laughs> it's not the dog. It's not the dog. It's never the dog. You know, they. Well, I, I will live with sneezing if I ever find out I'm allergic to dogs. Like 100 <laughs> until I can afford like a Portuguese water hound or whatever the Obamas had. Um, 
anyway, let's talk about the fourth team to make it to the NCAA tournament this season, or not the NCAA tournament, the final four this season, uh, and that is the Miami Hurricanes. Um, Miami was a team that not a lot of people had going deep. I had them in my Elite Eight. They were the team I had beating Houston, uh, which they did, and then uh, walked the rest of the way through. I did not have them going to the final four. I will not claim that for a second. As I said, I had no final four teams, but... One thing I just want to note on Miami basketball last year was their first appearance in the sweet 16. If I do like one of their few, very few appearances in the sweet 16, this is their first final four. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken and Miami basketball has improved consistently over the last two seasons. Yeah. I think I had them um, losing to Houston. So that's where I went wrong on this one. Again, I didn't like Houston coming into the, uh, the whole thing. So um, but no, I didn't see them beating Texas 88 to 81. That did not cross my mind. I also didn't have Texas uh, in my elite eight. I had Xavier, but you know, mm-hmm. yes, I was right. This is their very first final four. And last year was their first uh, elite eight, not sweet 16, their first elite eight. Oh, uh, um, and it was their first uh, sweet 16 in six years when they beat Auburn last year. Um, so th- it's an impressive bunch. Um, you know, I uh, think, They've they've got a good situation. Um, I'm really not sure how to pronounce their coach's last name, uh, so I'll just call him Jimmy L for now. Uh, he's taking 12 years to build this team into something pretty reputable, and uh, he's done a pretty pretty good darn good job uh, getting Miami where they are right now. And you know what? This is why you look for coaches who have good tournament records. I mean, he's 16 and 10 in the history of the NCAA tournament in his in his record. So. Clearly, he's getting his guys to go deeper and deeper every year. So he's building something special there in Miami. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, you know, he's just a, a coach that kind of tells you the story of, you know, it takes a while to build a good program. Like you said, first Elite Eight last year, a couple Sweet 16s under his belt. You know, a lot of people will hire a coach and say, well, he's done good in the past, so he should – have this program up and running in two, three years. Years, yeah. And everybody's got the impression it's like, oh, you can build a team out of the transfer portal in three years. You can build a competitive team in two to three years. Or, you know, really in the season. Get over yourself. Yeah. But you know, you could make a competitive team, but like, you know, it takes while for like, you know, to get it right. Like sometimes you check that formula. So you're looking for everything. Miami could just be just as well win this thing as UConn, you know. Uh, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but like, you know, it's you know that that could happen just the same as anything else it's this is a this is a team that's played some quality opponents throughout the year they may be a little bit underappreciated for how good they are um you know this is a team that was very dominant in the in the ACC this year um you know I, I I'm very impressed with the way that program's been built all right I, I think we kind of spelled the bag but who do you've got winning this thing this weekend I think I think I see UConn um you know as as I said with Kansas before the upset if a team's gonna win I want to be the team that beats Arkansas but you know I say that as a joke but after the Arkansas game you know we didn't play well so it was one of those things like oh yeah they might be a good team they might not but then after that Gonzaga game I feel like they proved uh, firm at that point wasn't it yeah yeah I don't think anybody's coming across them that they can't take on at this yeah, point. Very- very true. I, I'm with you. I think UConn's the best team left um, out of the four that are here. Like I said, they're a tremendous team. And also just uh, like I mentioned in the last show, 
multiple teams who have won their multi-tournament event back in November around Feast Week. Um, mm-hmm. That's normally the national champion is one of the teams who won that. And of course, UConn's the champion of the PK-85. I don't believe anybody else on this list. I'd have to check to see if um, if uh, FAU played in one. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, they probably played in a small one, but uh, you know, my point is, is that UConn's got the reputation that they beat, they beat some good, talented teams to get to this point. All right, Maddie. So because this is – we're done talking about SEC basketball, really, until we get to transfer portal news next week. Um, with everybody's season being done, I compiled a list here. All right? Okay. And on this list – do what? So that's a big list. It, yeah, well, it's actually just the bottom part. There's actually, like, a line here. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, um, but I'm sure everybody who just watched that on their big screen just saw all my notes. Actually, no, my handwriting is a little – you can't read my handwriting, so I can't even read my own handwriting. So we'll see if I remember what I wrote um, and get through these hieroglyphics or without a Rosetta Stone. Um, but I'm going to read a headline or just a sentence fragment, really, um, that I thought of to describe everybody's season. And then I want you to tell me if you agree, disagree, and why. Okay. I like okay. It. All right. Let's do this. All right. So Alabama, this is what I have overachieved as the number one overall did not match, did not match their best finish this season. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously that's kind of a statement, but you know, as so much as like overachieved this season, would you agree or disagree with that? I would definitely agree with that. You know, I think um, kind of beginning of the season, we expected them to be middle of the pack, decent growing program. But when it came to the SEC, they proved that they were the dominant opponent, you know, at their game was everybody's Super Bowl, as yeah. uh, a couple people were saying. I'm with you that. Uh, I'm with you that way. Um, Alabama this season, I believe, was picked fifth uh, in the uh, SEC preseason poll and all that stuff the one I had Kentucky one Arkansas two um you know Alabama was picked fifth they were selected as a possible dark horse um but yeah they were picked to finish behind several teams um and then they Brandon Miller turned out to be just an incredible player which we all thought that was going to happen but it was Noah Clowney who really um made that team so much better and it gave them another level of depth um but yeah it, you know they achieved the number one overall seed I think it's a little disappointing um that they did not match their all-time best of making an elite eight which to me i don't know this seems to me like the most talented alabama team of all time and then you know to not go any deeper than a team that you know it's been several years since alabama they've got one elite eight all time so i I, if you're looking for the only bad part i think that's it we'll get to another discussion here in a little bit let's talk about auburn okay so this is, I, I should rephrase this. This is the thing that I think like these teams will be remembered for, for their season. Um, and I, I'm just asking if you agree or disagree. So are you prefacing that because you don't think Auburn's going to be remembered this season? No, that's not how I was going to say that, but um, kind of. Um, my, my, <laughs> my line is that I wrote down just like in my little sentence fragment, no six, no six, no sweet 16 again after final four in 2018 that's last year so go ahead go ahead um and then i can explain my thought process with that little sentence fragment i mean that's that's what they're gonna be remembered for this year that's accurate um i think you know it's gonna be 
one of those seasons that Auburn fans are going to look back on and wonder what happened with all the potential that they had. Yeah. So Alabama, or not Alabama, Auburn in 2019, of course, was their last Final Four. They haven't been back to the Sweet 16 since then. Um, they didn't make the tournament due to, the, I believe, their own reasons uh, in the 2020-2021 season. Um, and then last year, they won the SEC uh, regular season. They, you know, touched number one in the polls, and then they didn't make it out of the round of 32 after they lost to Miami uh, last year. So, and here we are again, you know, they're coming into the season. They were picked fourth uh, in the SEC preseason poll at the beginning of the year. Can't get past Houston in Birmingham, Alabama. Can't get past Houston in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, where you have home court advantage. So I, I think that's going to be remembered again is like, was the final four a couple of years ago, just a fluke and a lucky run. You know, I, I think that's going to be going to be the the question that's going to be starting to have as long as Bruce Pearl continues a trend of not getting anywhere in the postseason. We'll see. I think that's the thing that this season kind of reminds what I, I think wraps Auburn up. I don't know. Do you have a different thought of what this Auburn team will be remembered for this year? No, I mean, I see it. I feel like they had a couple dominant players. And for me, um, you know, I think on seasons that are more disappointing, I more so remember the performance of individual players over, well, that team didn't do very good. And like, well, Wendell Green had an excellent season, you know. Yeah, I got you. I, I mean, that makes sense. They had some really powerful guys like Jani Broom. Jani Broom was a force down low this season for Auburn. Um, but there are also just times where they just, you know, sep- you know, lost massive amounts of games at a time. So it's it, weird. It's a weird team. All right. So next up alphabetically, or actually it's not alphabetically. I don't know why I flipped Arkansas and Auburn around. You know, that's that Arkansas education, everyone. Um, but Arkansas, uh, I have written down here, let down year. Uh, plagued by injury, but third straight second weekend. You know, Arkansas fans will remember this season. I think the letdown is probably the biggest portion. I think, you know, just, and, and, you know, we're so immersed in it because we're both in Arkansas. It's one of those that there was so much hype behind this team. So much promise that, you know, this was going to be our year, even though that's what we think every year. And football basketball baseball whatever like well yeah high hopes for our sports and it hasn't been our year in football in a long time let's clarify that but um i don't think we've talked about winning a national championship in football since about this year but anyway um (laughs) just always hopes for better i think and you know this year i think the national championship was on everybody's mind before the season even got started and it just took a slippery slope downhill quickly. Yeah, the injuries, obviously, I think that's what's going to be probably remembered the most out of that. But, you know, you're talking about a team that's made three second weekends in a row now for a program that just a few years ago, that's why they fired their front last coach. You know, Mark Anderson was fired from Arkansas, not because he wasn't successful at Arkansas. It's because he couldn't take this team to another week to deeper into the NCAA tournament. Um, and now they've, they're beginning to achieve that thing that they had done in the nineties and seventies and eighties. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of the signs that yes, it was a down year for Arkansas. Yes. There's reasons it was a down year for Arkansas, but like, you know, they're still achieving the goals that they set out to get back to 
that level. That's why I put in that second weekend note. That's kind of how I remember this season, but that's also me. You know, like I know that in a lot of fans' minds, they're upset because like they didn't win. We didn't go into a final four this year. I think for people who are very logical basketball people, like, and especially the ones who put great emphasis on March performance, you know, like myself, um, to me, that was great. Like that was adequate. I think that was totally adequate. Highlight that's going to be remembered. Obviously we beat another number one seed second year in a row. That's true. You know, um, I'm trying to remember the stat now. Um, but Kansas was, I feel like 40 something's a high number, but it was like 42 and O when leading by eight at the half. Half, Yeah. Well, it was Arkansas joined that. Yeah. Arkansas joined that class of only four programs in NCAA tournament history to do it in back-to-back seasons. And then add on top of it. I'm not sure many, how many have done that to also beat the AP number one team in that same two year team, two year frame. Um, because then they had Auburn, uh, who was the number one team in that last season. Then they beat Gonzaga, who was the number one overall team in the tournament. Then they beat Kansas, a one seed. So, I mean, like, that's three number ones down in two years. Um, so that That's going to be something that's going to be completely forgotten. But, like, it shouldn't be left by the wayside. You know, that's, that's an impressive streak. Um, but I'll, I'll circle it. Like I said, this year was a letdown. It was a letdown. But I'm okay with living with that because we know why it was a letdown. Injury bug pretty hard this season, but is what it is. All right, next team, the Florida Gators. An almost entirely forgettable year. 100% agree with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this team did nothing. Like, and I feel bad for Todd Golden telling me that because he's going to put a good team together in Florida. He is. But, like, I don't – there's nothing that I re- will remember greatly – about this Florida, their win against Oklahoma in the Jumpman. Um, did they even win that game? I'm not even sure. I can't even remember. That's how forgettable it is. Um, yeah. I mean, to be fair, um, you know, Golden's first year, they had a few good games. Um, you know, as much as I was not a fan, I'm a little sad for Colin Castleton. Yeah, that's had to a deal with a disappointing thing. year, and then at the end of the year when they were starting to get a little bit better he gets injured yeah it, it's tough for a guy to go out like that you know you don't want to see that even if even if the guy if guy's a villain you know his character's a villain out there on the best it's like christian leitner no one want everybody hated christian but like and and truthfulness no one wanted to see him get hurt at least logical people reasonable human beings did not want to see him get hurt um you know it's the same way with castleton you know he's the most punchable face in the sec in truth you don't want the kid to get hurt at all you yeah. love it you know, I'm sure Anthony Black was a villain to a lot of people this season, you know, as an Arkansas fan, you know, he he had an attitude on him. And I, I remember Arkansas fans saying, if he wasn't a Ridgeback, we'd hate his guts. We really would. <laughs> um, but, you know, he ended up with us. But, you know, it it is what it is. It is an unfortunate ending. But in all in all, like Todd Golden's first year in Gainesville, I mean, I don't it's kind of like a forgettable year entirely. Um, I don't know how. Anyone will ever think about that, which is also a weird theme in Florida. They talked about this on the uh, on college basketball podcast. Uh, Florida was like in 2011, I believe, at one seed, and no one seems to remember that happening. Yeah. It's like this I... one seed of all time. No one remembers this one seed Florida team. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I I think we talked about it. Um, not Maybe not last week, but like the week before. 
and I had I did not remember at all like when I was doing my notes I was like wait a second Florida (laughs) (laughs) yep doing writing the notes down totally forgot to write down anything about Florida that that's just the season and I think Florida fans, judging by the way they interacted with us in social media at times, I don't even think they knew basketball was going on this year. That's that's what it was like. Um, so, yeah, completely forgettable year for Todd Golden. Um, but you know what? There's a future tomorrow. And I, I think Florida will be a team that, you know, gets going somewhere next season. All right. The next team I have on the list are the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, significantly better than last year. I would agree with that. You know, um, I think that's an objective fact at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But so I, I agree that that's the thing that team will be, this team will be remembered for is being significantly better than last year's team. To a point, to a point, I think we got to give them a little extra hype. You know, okay. we said that they would be one of the worst teams in the conference. Granted, they, they weren't the were. best. They kind of were. But, for a first year coach without I mean no you know no offense to to the boys but without any solid memorable talent yeah they, outside of Roberts, I yeah. Mean, they had some good wins against strong teams they very put up a good fight against a couple of very strong teams and you know I think maybe if I was a Georgia Bulldog fan. I would look at this season with hope and remember it for the start of something big in Georgia basketball. That's a good idea. That's this is a great starting point for the Mike White's year. This was a great starting point. That's a, that might be the better headline there. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put that. I think you're. I think you got the better slant on it. Um, the headline should be, or the sentence fragment should be, um, launch pad or you know launch pad moment for for Georgia. It's our high school musical, the start of something new. Yeah, sort of something new. You know what? Before we get to Kentucky, let's take a commercial break. Let's be honest. You're here because you love sports. We love sports too. And our friends over at Row One Brand love sports as much as we do. Row One Brand sells sports wall art, sports gift watches, and vintage apparel with ornamental designs created from real game ticket stubs and vintage sports memorabilia in their collection. If you want some vintage Golden State Warriors memorabilia, they have that too. It's a sports collector's dream website for anything sports related. Go over to one, rowonebrand.com to check out their great inventory. And when you use the promo code VSP15, you'll get 15% off any item on the whole site. That's code VSP15 for 15% off any item on the site. So click on the link below and go check them out. Row Run Brand, America's best vintage sports art, sports gifts. All right, so we've got our next team here. I've got Kentucky written down, and my little note here for what I think this Kentucky team will be remembered for is kind of the opposite of Alabama. Underachieved, but had a solid tor- turnaround. I would agree with that. Um, you know, I think fans can be happy about the fact that he, they were looking at a lot of doom and gloom the first half of the season. Turned it around, got to the tournament, had a couple good games. Avoided the seven through ten seeds of death lines. Yeah. Exactly. So I think, you know, maybe sigh of relief is is my feeling if I was a Kentucky fan. Yeah, that would be that would be very, very uh that'd be a good way to remember that. Um, you know, 
I think this Kentucky team, when I say underachieved, let's not forget this was the team that was picked to win the SEC. And I'm going to put money on it right now. I'm going to put $5 on this table, and you can take this bet or not. Kentucky will be picked to win the SEC next year, too, and the preseason poll. Mm, I need I need to see the uh, the rosters before. Well, I, I, you should go look at who has the number one recruiting class in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have several, several good players. We're talking about one of the best recruiting classes in Kentucky history coming in to yeah. Kentucky next season. Um, but yeah, they'll be picked. We'll see how good they are. Uh, you know, the Arkansas can tell you about this season. It's like, yeah, <laughs> we had some five stars and some four stars, but yeah. you know, that's why I said I'm gonna need to see the roster first. See yeah, who's you know, exactly. who goes. Yeah, the you know, portal, the transfer whatever. portal has been hot according to Ben Brandon. So that'll be interesting to dive into. We should bring Ben Brandon on the show next week. I was reading his sub stack today. Um, But anyway, going through, we got some interesting transfers to talk about next week after. I'm waiting to do the first transfer episode until all the transfers are in. And you know, after the final four is when that, after the international championship is, that's when the tidal wave just hits. Um, But Caleb Love. We might even wait two weeks. Do what? So we might even wait two weeks, get those. Yeah, last minute stragglers. Time to make a decision. Well, Caleb Love's in the portal right now, and I saw Arkansas fans go crazy about that one. And I was like, yes, 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 we want that. We want that a lot. Yes. Um, but yeah. Um, anyway, that was yeah. Kentucky underachieved this season as the preseason SEC favorite to win it all. Um, of course, neither you nor me believe that. We we're like, uh huh. We'll take the field in this. Um, when we were talking about it earlier this season, but yeah underachieved but then they got the kind of righted the ship in february got to a six seed they won a tournament game which is something they hadn't done in a little bit yep uh, yep so you know good for kentucky for getting themselves on board and cal probably bought himself one more season before this uh new recruiting class comes in which will be a highly entertaining recruiting class out of kentucky next season so underachieved but solid turnaround do we agree with the headline i agree with that one okay so, all right, let's talk about LSU. Strong start, train wreck end. What happens next? That's uh, those comma, comma, comma in that one uh, is how I wrote that up. Maddie, your thoughts. Do we really want to say strong start? I mean, they only lost one game. Oh, you mean preseason? Yeah, well, conference, non-conference. Yeah, they did great in non-conference. <laughs> They looked like they were going to make the NCAA tournament in non-conference. Okay, okay, I'll agree with that. Um, I thought we were trying. I was like, well, they beat Arkansas, and that was it. But <laughs> well, Yeah, they really looked good at that point. We were like, what LSU do? No one thought they were going to be this good. Uh, yeah. Like, we thought there was an outsider's chance they'd pull an 11 seed. But, like, you know, what is going on here? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, one loss, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, the train wreck happened. Yeah. Shortly followed. I don't know if we could call it a train wreck because it wasn't like anything even got in their way. It a train derailment. Like I know, that's fair. It is a total derailment. <laughs> yeah, no, they they just they just fell apart in the conference play. I was amazed they won a game, and uh, I guess McMahon needed like a little bit of momentum. Um, you yeah. know, going into this off season because like winning that one SEC tournament game helped a lot um would have got real interesting if they beat Vanderbilt like I would have been sitting down and was like 
oh, let's go LSU. Let win the whole thing. Win the SEC tournament. I want to see a SEC team will probably get a 14 seed if they make the tournament at this point. You know, like that would be, you know, give me the ugliest child at the at the uh at the ball. Like give it to me. I want, I want, I want all of that. I want all of that. Um, but of course, I never get what I want. So one day, one day I'm gonna get like a team that won two conference games in the in the regular season to win like the freaking tournament in a power conference. And that team's going to end up as like a 14 or 13 seed. Or this year, there was the chance that Cal or Louisville, if they had managed to win their conference tournament, probably would have been 16 or 15 seeds. Um, just horrible, horrible power conference teams to win that. I, I, I'll get I'll get my wish someday. It'll happen. I promise. It'll happen someday. Maybe Georgia next year, like we said, start something new. Yeah, but I I don't think that's the direction Georgia's headed. We're gonna have I mean, like, I'm talking someone bad. Um, but like, you know, we'll see. But yeah, what happens next for LSU? You know, that's that's really the question because like they're they haven't made any huge splashes in recruiting. Um we don't know I think they dig deep in the transfer portal this year. You what? I think they dig deep in the transfer portal this year, and that's they can keep their fingers crossed and throw up a prayer. <laughs> They're going to have to find a shooter. They're going to have to some find somebody who can rebound because um, that's a rough basketball team uh, right now. But, again, McMahon's doing what he can do with what he's got. There's there's no logical reason that people should be like, oh, my God, that man was working with nothing uh, coming into coming into the job at LSU. And that was a daring jump from to jump, jump from Murray State, a program he had going. And um, – to take the jump at LSU. But yeah, I am curious what happens next. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of talent they can bring in and whether or not they're going to take that next step to move forward. Um, speaking of LSU, before we get to the next headline, Will Wade has a job and they uh, hired him in McNeese State and McNeese State already suspended him uh, as terms of his contract. So <laughs> so he's going to serve a suspension before he can do anything. Okay. Yeah, that's super interesting. I don't know how you get around that, but so does the suspension? No, I'm uh, never mind. I'm not even going to get into that joke because it would would have been rough. All right, I couldn't think of how to make a joke out of this, um, but I really tried. Okay. Um, but then eventually, I just I just changed it to what I have now, and there's no joke involved. But this is what I think Ole Miss will be remembered by this year. Bad. <laughs> that's all i wrote I, I wrote bad i was trying to make a like a bad beard joke you know or something like that um because you you buy like it, it's just it's like when you take a dog and you hit it with a newspaper it is like you're bad at basketball you're bad at like hiring coaches like what are you doing like oh my I, mean, I think our joke could have been when you said you couldn't make a joke out of it and i said hit me with it and then we automatically transferred to chris beard Oh, that would have been a great joke, right? Yeah, he's gonna do great there. He'll do a decent job. He'll win basketball games. This team, the next three years, will make the NCAA tournament. That's what's gonna happen in Ole Miss, more than likely. That being said, I, I had a friend. I had a friend this year, and I'm not gonna name anybody else's teams, but I'm gonna say that this friend happens to be an alumni of a school who hired a certain coach in the offseason in a different sport 
that's very controversial. But the thing is, is no one seems to be talking about that coach being hired in football anymore. Um, oh, I just dropped that. But no one seems to be mentioning that individual because of all the other PR stuff that's been going on in this conference for the last, like he could, that coach could not hire a better PR team to save his image than what's <laughs> been happening in this conference. And Ole Miss just laid down the money and said, we'll take that. Yeah. We'll, we're right there with you. <laughs> we're, we'll go for it. Yep. Everybody we're, else is making bad decisions. Let's jump on board. Bad, bad season, <laughs> bad hire, bad everything in the world. I'm not saying the guy won't win basketball games, but like Dusty May was right there. You could have just gone and got Dusty May. <laughs> like, <laughs> just do do the right thing. Like, just do it. Yeah. Not hard to do. <laughs> Pick a more like winning's more important. Dusty May wins too, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. These are my frustrations in the universe of college athletics. But yes, my old miss bad that's the do you agree with the uh with with my um what this team will be remembered for this season I think we take a road similar to um like I said with Auburn and I think we see fans remember Matt Morrell his injury um Burns was an excellent addition to that team so I think we take individual performance over seasonal performance yeah, uh, Matt Morrell was a great player. He was a very good player this year. Um, I think they'll all remember Kermit Davis, Davis being fired this season. Yeah, um, that, that might be the highlight there. That might be the highlight. That might be the highlight of the year. Because but the they, frog hops yeah. off. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the frog hops away. <laughs> <laughs> frog gets kicked off the lily pad and in comes. I'm not even going to say it. All right, let's just move on. My name's Chris Beard. That's how I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to put draw like a character on my finger. And every time I'm going to do, I'm going to do an interview with Chris Beard on a zoom call one day and it'll just be my finger. And like, I'll just sit there. This is so weird. This is going to get streamed later. Um, And like, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to have a conversation with Chris Beard. That's what I'm going to do. I was already Uh, thinking we need to make a gif out of here. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of things that are going to be remembered for this. Alabama fans remember apparently wanting clips of me saying old tide roll tide um and all sorts of funny stuff like that mizzou fans and then we're gonna have my finger puppets next season that i'm gonna like introduce on this show they're just gonna show up here and it's like welcome to the show eric musselman you <laughs> can just have a finger puppet eric musselman i'm like this is how i'm gonna introduce people people will stop watching this podcast in a heartbeat i swear if i start doing weird stuff like that anyway let's talk about the next team um the cousins relatives of the other people who are from the state of Mississippi, the Magnolia State, uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, This is what I wrote. I just wrote very simply, solid first year for Jans. Yep, I agree with that one. Think about it in any other way. Yeah, Uh, exceeded expectations. You know, I think would have been a lot more memorable if they won that playing game, but... Yeah, that would have taken it to new heights of momentum and coming for this team. But, you know, you had one of the best defenses in the conference this season. You made the NCAA tournament, you know, good, good year for, for Jans, Chris Jans there in in Mississippi state, the higher they got right for the most part. Um, 
yeah, you know, he's a good pick for a coach. You know, like a lot of people wanted him. Um, I thought I think it was a pretty solid one. All right, for Mizzou, great first year under Gates, very similar to Mississippi State, but I've got a comma here. Time to build. And yeah, for sure. I think yeah. they take the momentum off of this season and build that recruiting pool. Um, yes. Possibly pull from the transfer portal. You know, some of these bigger schools where people aren't getting playing time, they want a school that's on the right track. And I think Mizzou's the way to go. So I think we see some bigger names from other schools transfer over to Mizzou and really shine there next year under yeah. Dennis Kane. I think out of, um, you know, historically speaking, Missouri uh, is probably the best team in the SEC to never make the Final Four. Um, you know, like that's I don't know, that might not even be a stretch to say even historically they might right now be the best team to never have reached or have gotten to a Final Four in the SEC. But you know, they got that team going in a good direction. Uh, historically, this like I said, this team does have a track record of getting to Elite Eights and things like that. You got a coach who clearly can replicate that if he has talent. Uh, yep. to get them into the second weekend of March. Um, you know, I, I I don't think the Princeton game is anything that should leave a bad taste in any Mizzou fan's mouth. Um, they probably shouldn't be talking a lot of smack to everybody else about the fact that when you lose to Princeton, but overall, in all reality, you shouldn't you shouldn't feel bad about that. Like because I think you had such a fantastic season. It didn't matter yeah. anymore. Yeah, you got to the round of 32 in a season where people said you would be lucky to make the NCAA tournament. Um, at the beginning of the season, we'd watched a couple of Missouri games, and I was literally like, this team has no defense. Yeah. It turns out their defense was turnovers. They still really didn't have defense, but they had supplements to take to where they could get themselves surviving throughout the course of the season. Also, watching the first two or three games, I was sitting there going, okay, let's see them play a real basketball team. And then they played Kansas and got obliterated. But then that team immediately found its feet. And I think that was the moment that Mizzou became a legitimate basketball team, is how they responded after getting curb stomped by Kansas in their own house. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, you know, any coach that's a first-year coach coming in, um, especially when you look at the talent, I don't want to say talent level difference because they had a lot of talented players they on that team. Guys who were experienced mid-major basketball players who came with Gates from Cleveland State, and they built a good team like out of it, and they they took what they could get. But, yeah, I think, think you look at a first-year coach going to the NCAA tournament – and you have to automatically know that that program is going to go places when you give it more time to build. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. But, you know, they're, they, if they get some good players to come in to Mizzou during the transfer portal, this, uh, this off season, it'll be very, very promising. That is, that has got to be the focus right now for Mizzou is nail, re, nail the transfer portal because you're kind of stuck with the recruits you got at this point. You might pick up a couple of guys along the way before signing day, but like as it stands right now, like, or before the last signing day, whatever, um, you need to hit that transfer portal as hard as possible and get the guys mm -hmm. that you need to get because it, it it's doable. It really is. It's really doable to get this team into a second weekend next year and on, on a very against a, you know, a regularly hard path. We're talking about a team that it could very well be a five seed next year, a four seed, um, depending on how much talent they get in. And that's that's not just saying that, like I'm saying generally, like they could be in the top 16 in the country or the top 20 in the country, like legitimately. 
um they, they may be seated higher than that but you know be amongst that group is what i'm what i'm trying to get at so time to build for mizzou is what it what it is because you got all everything else you need you got the you got the billboard and getting to around the 32 you got the coach who's going to be there long term um dennis gates was someone i was suggesting for the texas job earlier this season um yeah time to build time to build time to build a program and I think that's what Mizzou will be remembered for this year. So go ahead. Do you have anything else to add on Missouri? I was just talking way too much tonight. No, no, I, I totally get it. Um, I see where you're coming from there. And I think, you know, Dennis Gates should have won coach of the year the way that he took that team that nobody thought was going to do anything and made a solid stance in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I definitely so. All right, so the next team we have the South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, Rough year, but it's year one. That's what I've got written. And then (laughs) I have like in parentheses, Gigi Jackson, you know, Gigi Jackson will go to the NBA and he'll represent this team down throughout his NBA career. Uh, And it'll be great for South Carolina, but this was a rough year for Lamont Paris uh, in South Carolina. And I, that's really what it's going to be remembered as. It's going to be remembered as a rough year and a year that everybody thought it was going to be rough. I think I had South Carolina pick to finish last at the being, you know, in my personal like writings this season when we started the blog and everything like that. The blog that we did not keep up throughout the entire course of the year. That's how fast that thing died. But when we wrote the blog, you know, South Carolina, I think I wrote last place does worse than Georgia comma question mark. <laughs> like that's, that's what I put together. And they were they were not good. They were they pretty much lived up to expectations there. Um, yeah, but I think, you know, maybe this season puts a bad taste in the mouths of those South Carolina players that are going to stick around, and hopefully they decide that that's not what they want for themselves next year and step it up. Yeah, I I don't think like this is this is going to be a process. And so, okay. yeah, it, it they I don't think next year they'll probably we'll watch what happens in the transfer portal and everything else but i don't think they're going to be there next year but they might make the they might make the nit we'll see you know the, we'll, we'll see what happens um we just got to watch and be patient to see what happens next um but you know south carolina i think it's going to be it's three to four years out you know and that included this year so about th- in the next three years i would anticipate if things are going well with lamont paris year year four would be the year that you're talking about a nine eight seed you know Unless he doesn't get some great talent in, you know, and it just takes really some like one year of good momentum. But give the guy as much time as Buzz gotten, Buzz gotten Texas A and M, and maybe he'll get a crew for you. Yep, I can see that happening. Um, you know, like you said, we spotlight on Gigi Jackson. Um, no offense to the other guys, but really the only memorable player on that team, and you know, I feel like Lamont Paris did a good job trying to build a respectable team around him you just gotta have more talent to get anywhere especially in the sec i think it'll be i think it'll be i think it'll be helpful when gg jackson is in the nba and you could point and it's like that guy i i coached that guy i made him a better basketball player he's in the nba he was a first round draft pick that's what you want right you know and he can help get some guys you know some guys who want to go to the league someday into that team and get some three four-star talent in there and build a really, really good basketball program. We'll see what happens. It's it's going to be a process. And yeah, I think it's, we're definitely looking at a stair step process in South Carolina, where you know 
they finished near the bottom, step up a couple, you know, yeah, maybe eight or nine spot, then slowly work their way up. I, I can't wait till next week when we start talking about the transfer portal and to see like what happened, you know, in that first wave of like what's been going down. And we look at Substack and see what's going on. So uh, I can't wait for that next week. All right, let's talk about Tennessee. This is what I wrote down. Barnes gets to the 16. WTF ending. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, he got further than we assumed he would at the beginning of the season. Yeah. He didn't choke in the first round. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the anti Rick Barnes, he did poorly in the SEC tournament, then made the Sweet 16 in the NCAA. This is not the Rick Barnes we had normally seen in Tennessee. Like, <laughs> what happened here? Um, I think looking at the overall season, though, um, I feel like the best descriptor for that is roller coaster. Oh, yeah, phenomenal, unstoppable Tennessee team. We saw some terrible losses. We see them build back up when crash in the tournament. Great games in against the SEC tournament. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they make the Sweet 16 and are gifted a nine seed in the Sweet 16. And it's like, yes, Barnes, take Tennessee to their next Elite Eight. They're like, yes, we can do this. This is as far as Tennessee's ever gone, and the NCAA can't do it. Can't do nope. it. But how many times we talk about like the storyline this season was Rick Barnes has to get this team to the sweet 16 or there's going to be problems. He did it. He did it. The storyline has been succeeded. He got this team to the second weekend. Um, So congratulations. Next year, we just need to say he needs to get to the third weekend secure spot or. Yep. 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 But you know what? That your roller coaster is also an appropriate catchword for uh, Tennessee here. It'd be like roller coaster. Barnes makes the Sweet Sixteen, comma WTF. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's that's exactly the best way to describe Tennessee in a sentence fragment this year. All right, Texas A and M. Four years with Buzz, big turnaround. I, yeah, um, you know. They had so much momentum, especially going into the end of the season when people started to really recognize, hey, Texas a and is a pretty good program. They're sitting over here second in the SEC, and nobody's really talking about them. Yeah. So I think we see, you know, Buzz kind of masterfully working his way into one of those top spots and making making the tournament and you know just proven that he deserves to be up there with the rest of them yeah he he did a great job he got this team to where it needed to go and like i said the beginning of the season what is the old saying about buzz williams give him four years he will get your team to the ncaa tournament he did it um probably would like to go further than what they did given how much momentum they had Mm -hmm. um but it, it is what it is he got him to the ncaa tournament let's see him continue to take this team uh, be very interested to see what happens in Texas A&M next um, to see what kind of talent he can get in there um, to just say, Hey, look, we did it. Now, come on. I need people, you know? So we'll, we'll see. Buzz, Buzz did it. Buzz got the job done. Texas A&M got to start winning some tournament games next year. I think that's the goal is to 
not get bumped out in the round of uh, 64. But we'll we'll definitely see. All right, let's talk about the very last team that comes up, and that is Vandy. You want to take a guess what I wrote down before I even say it? I'm just trying to think of like where your mind goes, and I feel like there are two tracks that that it, we could go down. But I'm not Vanderbilt. Sure. Like my two tracks that like what what I wrote down with Vanderbilt and how I think about Vanderbilt. Is that what you're getting at? I didn't know I had two yeah. tracks with Vanderbilt. Well, I mean, with as much as you dogged them at the beginning of the year and the way they ended the season, hmm. uh, you know, it, I feel like there's a split there. Yeah, but who was ultimately right? I mean, you were. Yeah, because I said <laughs> this team's not making the tournament. Yeah. No. Um, and I said they're not making the tournament for why, Maddie? Because they didn't win when it mattered. Okay, so what I wrote down for Vanderbilt, because you're you're on the right track, is uh, don't screw yourself in November. <laughs> like, just don't do it. Like, you can talk about how the schedule didn't favor you and all this stuff, and like how the RPI is better than the net and everything. You know what? We don't use that stuff. And the reason your team didn't make the NCAA tournament is because you got beat by a billion by Alabama. You lost to you lost quad four and quad three basketball games. You were never going to get there without winning the SEC tournament. Don't screw yourself in November. Don't do it. Like, so you know what? Like my thoughts on Vanderbilt. Like if we could put it into an animation, mm-hmm. I think like the old like Looney Tunes when you got Wiley Coyote and the Road Runner. Yep. It was like a super long uh what do you call that thing? Yeah. But you know, like the thing that you light when it goes up to the rocket. Fuse, the fuse, yeah, the fuse, yeah. yeah. The fuse. That's the word. That's the word. Sorry. Brain fog from all the allergy medicine I'm taking. Um their fuse was way too long. And it, it just got cut off right before they got to the rocket. Before it ever got to the rocket, so they could never yeah. take it off. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Um, I also have another uh, note here. Uh, it says Stackhouse deserves a better job. I can see yeah. it. He, he absolutely does. I um, mean, I think better job or he just deserves. I don't know if I, I don't know his coaching staff well, but maybe a better recruiting coach, like head of recruiting better recruiting coordinator get him some yeah. dudes like you know he because better that's talent in there to match his talent as coach yeah uh that's that's definitely part of the issue um look if jerry stackhouse isn't in the nba or at it like jerry stackhouse needs to go coach like georgetown like he needs to go coach one like i said mentioned earlier about where dusty may is going to end up like he needs to coach one of those level teams, like like an Arkansas, a Villanova, uh, a, a Georgetown, um, I probably Syracuse is in that mix. Those won the two national championship teams with consistent histories. One of those schools, not blue bloods, but the next step down, that grouping right there. Um, whatever you want to call them. Um, really good programs that aren't blue bloods. Um, that's the group of coach. That's that's where he deserves to be if he's going to continue to coach college basketball. Like some of those schools need to go take a risk on him and save him because like he's probably the best X's and O's coach in the SEC, and he does not deserve to be at a school that's given him really nothing. Like I, I just haven't seen talent there. This is a t- 
team that doesn't have a history of going far into the NCAA tournament. He needs a school. He needs to go to a school that's very dedicated to basketball because like that's his talent will match that. And he'll be very successful there because we saw how he got a team that was terrible at the beginning of this season, terrible and got them to a point where people were like, they should make the NCAA tournament, even though that was never going to happen. But people believed it because they looked really good on the eye test at the end of the season. That was a totally different basketball team that was existed in November to March. Totally different basketball team, but they were already messed over. Like they had already dug themselves into such a deep hole that they were freaking, I forget what character did it, but you know, um, Oh yeah, Bruce Wayne, who was in the hole in uh, episode three of Batman, Christopher Nolan's Batman, where he's trying to trying to pull himself out of the hole. That's exactly what they were doing, and they just kept falling down. And like that, you know, they were never getting out of that hole. They were not. They they were they weren't born in the darkness. So like they weren't getting there. No, I think we see you know one less Q four or one less Q three loss next year. Yeah, probably a good idea. No, I, just, I mean this year. Like maybe they had a chance if we if they didn't have so many bad losses earlier this season. Yeah, well, like I said, they they messed themselves over by getting obliterated, um, by Alabama. That messed their metrics up massively. Um, they looked terrible at times this season. Could not beat teams from bad conferences like the Atlantic Ten with George Washington when they went on the road to play them. George Washington did not win the Atlantic 10. They weren't even in the Atlantic 10 championship. Um, you know, you also got losses to Grambling State. Uh, Southern Miss, who was not in the NCAA tournament, um, was getting talked about with a little bit of hype or whatever. Um, they, were, they weren't they were smelling it. Like, you know, there were better teams in Conference USA. That's where Southern Miss is, if I remember correctly. But the yeah, there's, there's better teams out there that were going to make the tournament. Uh, you had UAB and clearly FAU. Um, coming out of that conference who were fantastic like uh, Vanderbilt lost teams they should have never lost to like should have never that should have been inexcusable to lose to fireable offense losses it, I, any, I think it, any other yeah when you're competing in a conference like the SEC the Big Ten Big 12 you you gotta look at you know those preseason games like if we aren't coming out with a winning record here, we don't have a chance once we get into into December, beginning of January. Yep, 100%. 100%. All right, we're going to take one more commercial break here, and then me and Maddie are going to get into a discussion that I, I'm really been seeing on social media and I'm kind of laughing at. Um, if you're an Alabama or Arkansas fan – Feel free to stick around for this. If you don't want to hear any more, we get it. Um, but I think Arkansas fans might want to stick around for this because, you know, we'll, we're both Arkansas fans, so we'll probably take that by side the uh, in this discussion. All right, see you after the commercial break. You know what I like? I like to be comfortable. I also love representing my favorite sports teams. And in the clutch, I am able to have the best of both worlds. In the Clutch Apparel is your one-stop shop for all things sports. They have officially licensed gear from all your favorite teams and players from the NHL, MLB, NFL, and more. They have sports classic tees from yesteryear and beyond. Check out their full website in the link down below when you enter the promo code Variety Sports. 
you get 10% off everything site-wise. Feel comfortable with your sports apparel and go over to their website now at endtheclutch.com. And don't forget to use our code Variety Sports to get 10% off. All right, Maddie, let's let's talk about this real fast. Um, I'm gonna put that football down while I'm spinning around during the commercial break there. All right, let's let's talk about this. I've been seeing this on social media and I just want to throw my two cents in. Again, I I I think we all know what side I'm ending up on this conversation, but this is this is part of the perspective. And I, I do think there's a reason that not only besides what side of the fandom you're on that this debate is occurring and why you feel justified in what you're saying, but there's also a logical reason why both sides are right, quote unquote. Um, So over the last three seasons, who would you rather, whose performance would you rather take? Nate Oates or Eric Mossman's? So we're talking strictly performance here. Like their three years of being at Alabama and their three years of being at Arkansas, the last three seasons, which coach's performances would you rather have? I'm taking Eric Musselman all day. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a Razorback fan. I agreed. I'm right there with you. Like I'm taking Eric Musselman all day long. Um, but let me hear your reason why you why you say that. So I mean, if you put the two coaches side by side in a blind test where you can't see where they are where they're at, I mean, you look at Arkansas, we've got sweet sixteen, two elite eights in the past three years. Mm-hmm. We look at the NBA talent that's been taken from those teams. I mean, you've got one of them that is leading three-point percentage with the OKC Thunder. One of them is leading charge in the NBAs, also at the OKC Thunder. Bobby Portis is, in Bobby my Portis. opinion... Bobby Portis is my game. Bobby Portis, no. Sorry, I just love BP. Everybody does. <laughs> uh, we got Moses Moody, who is making his way up at Golden State. So, I mean, you look at longevity of your program, Program, we see, you know, more eyes, I feel like, at Arkansas, uh, for much better terms, than Alabama currently has on them because of his lasting effects. Yeah. So, this is – that's – the NBA perspective is one that I didn't really even think that hard on, actually. Um, and you're right. The the NBA comparative performance, I think Muslim is blowing Nate Oates out of the water. Um, you know, this is – you know, especially when you talk about any guys they got in the G League under Eric Muslim. I mean, you, you walk into Razorback Stadium 10, 10 minutes before t- – or 20 minutes before tip-off, and you just see it coming down, like how many NBA flashcards we have. Um, yeah, before – I didn't even consider that before I started thinking about this question – um, but again, I'm with you on Eric Musselman. And like I said, I don't think it's just because I'm a Razorback fan, but to me, performances in March matter so much more than conference titles or conference tournament wins. You told me, you heard me literally say a few good episodes ago on the podcast where the SEC tournament even got started. I said, I don't care if Arkansas wins the SEC tournament. I don't give a rat's behind. Like I, I don't there to me, like they don't matter. They're stupid and they have the potential to cause injuries. And like the only fans who like that are people who are like, well, this is for the fan. No, keep your ignorant, like you keep your stupidity away. Um, there's nothing enjoyable. Like you get to enjoy basketball games. Congratulations. 
conference tournaments are stupid. Um, so I don't care who wins the dang thing. Vanderbilt could have won it. LSU, I just told you minutes ago, I was cheering for LSU to win the SEC tournament just for sheer chaos. Like, I don't care who wins the SEC tournament. So NATO, it's winning two in the last two seasons or last two of the last three seasons. That's a non-flush it down the toilet thing to me. Um, that is one of the most useless trophy I think that exists out there. And Tennessee fans can get upset because they won their like second one, the in between that NATO sandwich there. Then the SEC conference title, that's great also. Like the me, that's the most legitimate thing NATO has done. Um, yep. getting his team into to win the uh, SEC regular season. Those are significant accomplishments. But Maddie, can you name who the SEC champion was in 2015? Absolutely not. Yeah. Can you name it from 2016? Just off no. the top of your head. 2017. I want to say Auburn, but that doesn't feel right. Yeah. Um, I think it was actually Kentucky. Um, but 20, 2018. That one was Auburn, wasn't it? Auburn's 2019. Um, oh, Auburn's, but this is what I'm getting at. All right, that, that's this yeah. is exactly what I'm getting at. Is that like you think a couple of years back you don't remember who the regular season champion is in the SEC, and your guess is nine out of ten times ought to be Kentucky. Um, yeah. and that that all truthfulness. But what in Kentucky? I, mean, I feel like unless you're a fan, it's not going to matter, and you're not going to remember it. No, 100. percent But teams remember teams who made the elite. You know, the the Final Four and the Elite Eight. Like like we were just talking a second ago, like when we kicked off this show about performances in March. Like you know, what program did what? Um, you know, we we talked about all these SEC schools that have never won or been to a Final Four. I I think that's where the the difference is like, I think like, for instance, I can talk about the 1985, like we talked about this, the 1985 final four. I literally told you it was three big East teams in St. John's Georgetown um, in St. Jo- what St. John's Georgetown's Villanova, who was the national champion that year, along with Memphis, who was at the time Memphis state. That's just knowledge. I have like, that's just random knowledge. I can probably go back and tell you that George Mason got to a final four um you know in, in my head and i cannot think about st peter's run will be remembered for a long time of getting to the elite eight from last year that will be that'll be very fresh in everyone's memory um umbc beating um virginia that was the first 16 seed to ever beat a one seed in the ncaa tournament performances in the ncaa tournament in march madness matter significantly more so i would rather i would trade that in a heartbeat and i think where that also comes from and this is where i think the division actually is between arkansas and alabama fans is the historic is the historic reasons behind it like like i said i've been comparing just subtly arkansas to van villanova um you know the two and one seed or one national championship group with five plus final fours those are teams that have all played significantly well in March, and that's how they think about their programs. They don't. Arkansas fired Mike Anderson because he didn't do well in March. It was not because he didn't win an SEC championship. It was not because he wasn't in the final uh, in twenty. Bobby Portis was there. I can't even remember that year. I remember Bobby Portis. No, Bobby Portis wasn't. It was Moses Kingsley. Bobby Portis was another year. Um, but my point is, is that like. Mike Anderson never won an SEC tournament, but that was never the reason he was going to get fired in Arkansas. He was going to get fired from Arkansas because he could not get passed around a 32. That's all we care about. 
like as and like we fire coaches on their performances in March. We don't fire them based on where they finished in the SEC SEC standings. And I think that's the cultural difference because Alabama historically, and this is an offense because I think the tide are going in a great direction in their program. Historically in March, March has been a non-factor historically in their program. So I don't think they have that as a measuring stick mentally in there. They see their performance in the SEC as more important compared to Kentucky, Arkansas, and Florida, who consider probably March, um, you know, March Madness, a much more significant portion of their season. Yeah. And I think, you know, when it comes down to notoriety and reputation, if you're looking at the average basketball fan or even people that may not be a basketball fan, but just get in when it comes to March and they want to fill out brackets and they, you know, want to talk to their friends about this, they're going to look at those teams like, Hey, I remember Arkansas being in this last year. I remember them being in it the year before. So you're going to look at that, like you said, more historical point, whether it's with a basketball fan or not, some people are going to notice, you know, they're going to know UNC. They're going to know Duke. They're going to know those bigger name schools because they've been around longer in the year than other teams. Yes, 100%. 100%. Like Syracuse is like one of those teams that I don't know, like they don't have that many compared to other teams of conference titles, you know, but they've been consistently in the sweet 16 and further. Um, Congratulations to retirement, Jim. But anyway, um, you know, that's one of those schools. Uh, You also talk about Georgetown who dominated the eighties. You talk about UConn. I knew UConn from the nineties growing up. I can't tell you if UConn won the Big East or not, but I can sure tell you that UConn won some national championships when I was a baby. Um, so, like, that's that's the stuff I remember. Um, so, like, I think you March... Look, you look at... Was it? I feel like this is wrong, but the Iowa State that has Sister Jean, so many people know... Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago. Chicago. Yep. I, I knew it was, like, the, the maroon and yellow color. Yeah. But yeah. they know that team because Sister Jean goes to the Sweet 16 or, you know, like. And made the Final Four. Like that that team made the Final Four uh, that season. Yeah, the, and that's what I'm talking about is, like, people will also remember Virginia losing to UMBC as that 16, t- 16 seed and then winning the national championship the next year. Um, so, like, that, those are things. March is so much more important in my, in my head in building your program, building your status, uh, everything like that. I don't think. I don't think there's anything like one way or the other. Is it an accomplishment? Is it a trophy? Is it a good thing to have? A hundred percent. It's more things that you can report to in the recruiting room. But I'm telling you, the to me, the most important thing that you're going to say over and over again is that we made it this far in March last year. We want to go further. Yeah. You know, like and how whatever that mark is, you know, like we've been to two elite eights and a sweet sixteen is a lot more impressive than saying we've been to a sweet sixteen. Uh, we lost in the round of, you know, like the round of, uh, I believe they lost in the round of 64 last year. And then we made it to another Sweet 16. That's much better. Now, you get to sprinkle that on top with the SEC tournaments and the SEC titles uh, in the in the conference play. But March, March is college basketball. And that's the whole thing about it. And it, to me, that's the most important thing. So I think that's our slant on the debate. Um, you know, we're both Arkansas fans. We're going to, we're going to pick Eric Musselman probably nine out of 10 times, but 
that's the logic I see behind it. I'm very curious why you may see it differently, but I, I think I, I hopefully I think, you know, between fan bases got the reasoning right on why we have different perspectives on why, why one way and why the other. Um, but to me, that's the answer to the debate. <laughs> it's like, to me, it's Eric Musselman. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, I think you take notoriety, you take history, and you take longevity of your program. And you brought up the NBA point that I didn't even consider. Like, the NBA point is, like, that's more eyes on your program. We just talked about Lamont Paris and Gigi Jackson, you know, and how that's going to help build that program. You know, it's going to help Alabama to be able to point to Brandon Miller. But Arkansas is also going to have, you know, guys that they're going to point to that Eric Musselman coached and several of them who are the NBA. So I I think that's, in truth, that that's what's going to happen, and you know. That's or that's that's one of those points that I didn't even consider. So yeah, give me that. Cal Perry measures his success often also in the NBA in the NBA draft. And this year, Arkansas is probably going to win the NBA draft over Alabama again. They're gonna have. We'll get our NBA draft coverage throughout the entire offseason here. We'll be talking about that as we look at forwards. But you know, you got probably three guys who are going to go in the first round, and possibly one one or two more who might go in the second. And several guys are going to make the G League. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, Coach Cal and just that notoriety that Kentucky has for, you know, being a one and done school or just the amount of players that they have. I feel like people pop up all the time that I forget they even went to Kentucky um, that are phenoms in the NBA. But, you know, my mind goes to that one and done um, 30 for 30. Yeah. And he literally has a stage full of NBA players, NBA talent that came from him. Yep. Yep. And you know who has the best record of March? John Calipari. Out yep. of all the coaches in the SEC, he has the best winning percentage out of all of them. So that's that's an additional thing. And he's got a national championship. It doesn't hurt. You know, so... <laughs> The guy took UMass to the final four. I know that. Like, like this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly. I can't tell you if they won any conference titles in that, but I can tell you they've been to the final four <laughs> under him. So, um, yeah, to me, 100 times, it's always March. It's always March um, to me is the is the measuring stick. Like I said, you can, you can finish 10th in the conference, and I think you've had just about almost as a successful season because, to me, those SEC titles are about that much. March is worth a heck of a lot more. Um, so that's just my perspective. We're going to wrap this up. We had two commercial breaks of this show. We have no more SEC basketball to talk about, but we'll talk about who our national championship, yeah, about our national championship uh, next week on Monday night after the national championship. Hopefully that episode will be out Tuesday morning on your drive. And we'll be talking transfer portal and anything else that we possibly can get put together on this show to keep it SEC relevant. Um, but, you know, I'm sure we'll get some hate from Alabama fans who listen this week. And I'm sure Christian is going to snip this out of the recording and stick us on full blast on Alabama. Uh, and we'll get, we'll get all sorts of fun times with Christian Sykes. So I already Can't said, I, was biased. I already said I was kind of biased on this, but that's just my opinion, you know, too. So it is what it is. Hey, I did say, you know, stick them side by side, blind record. I'm still picking us. Yep. Yep. I I would I would circle the section of March and looking at the NBA talent 100%. Yep. That that makes complete sense to me. Anyway, all right. So, Maddie, anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here? 
you know, it's been fun. It's been a great ride on our first season. We can't wait for the next one. Hope you guys stick around to see what happens. Yeah, uh, next episode officially kicks off with the national championship recap, and then that's kind of the start of next year, uh, season two of this show. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, season finale yeah. next week. Hey, uh, make sure you check out VSN Collegiate. Follow it on Twitter. Or follow uh, the Variety Sports Network on Twitter, on YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, make sure that you follow all the uh, all that really good content. We've also got college baseball podcast, uh, all sorts of college football podcasts that you're going to be able to check out. Uh, I mentioned the the um, we hate your team. Also a member of the Variety Sports Network. Um, really, really good shows out there. Go make sure that you follow them. They'll be retweeting basketball shows and good content out there all the time. Um, blah, 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 blah. A ton of good shows out there on Variety Sports Network. Go check them out. Go check out our sponsors. Go check out all this stuff. Please check out our sponsors. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Well, you know, because we need followers and we need people to like the ads so I can get paid to sit here and talk about college basketball um, as much as I possibly can because I, I yes. love Agreed. Agreed. And then next year we can go to vacation and hopefully like film in some sports book as the entire room goes absolutely insane. Um, and we'll be live on location in Viva Las Vegas uh, again next season that we weren't live this year. And, and what I was was drinking pina coladas but you know is what it is <laughs> is what it is and then i saw the hardest basketball game i probably ever watched in person in my life so that was that was also a thing that's how i that i imagine that yukon game is how a lot of like smaller teams when they come into bud walton feel certain days it's like i mean i went and watched that uh with chanley and you know she has a an almost three-year-old and at one point um husband Derek yelled at his son quit messing with Maddie she wants to watch a game I said honestly I'm good I'll play with him yeah, I'll, so play with kid. I'll play with the kid I'll play with the my buddy texted me with uh seven minutes to go left in the second half He's like can we get out of here and I was <laughs> like you know we got a whole nother game on these tickets right like you know like Gonzaga and UCLA coming up next like can we please leave and I was like fine apparently I missed a heck of a Gonzaga UCLA game <laughs> um so <laughs> Hey, I mean, you're in Vegas at that point. Yeah. There's a lot to do. You're fine. There's a lot to go do. Uh, all sorts of stuff to go do. And uh, yeah, we were going to go check out some other stuff. Go to, oh, by the way, fun thing to do in Las Vegas. Area 15, go check out the Omega Mart. And it's by Meow Wolf. Um, that's not a plug. They're not a sponsor, everybody. I'm legitimately suggesting this, especially if you're weird like me, if you like weird stuff. Um, and I'm not talking about creepy like or nasty stuff like that i'm talking about weird art uh that kind of thing and it's not like you know art you hang on the wall i'm talking about like this is this is one of the weirdest sci-fi movies it's like uh, that's the best way to describe this this is like walking around in a sci-fi movie that's that's the best way and like there's we're like supposed to go last year but um the like time slot the only time that we had to do it we were watching videos of it when we got back home
find validity 